1: Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D dot
3: This podcast may cause dizziness, confusion, bloating, uncontrollable laughter, and in some cases, anal leakage. Listener discretion is strongly advised. This is episode number 27 of Excuse me, that's illegal. The podcast that takes a hardcore look at some softcore crimes. I'm Leroy Luna, the host of this pajama party, and I'm coming at you straight out of my closet with a tale about some sleepover shenanigans. It's going to be um it's going to be cool. Wow, that was convincing. Let me try that again. It's going to be great. Oh man, when I was 10, I really wanted the lead part in this play we were doing at school. So I learned the lines, studied hard, and did my best at the audition. But apparently that wasn't good enough. This little biatch, Chris, got the role instead. He had a majestic rat tail. So did I, actually, but his was way longer. How could I compete? I didn't end up getting the role I wanted, but still got a small part in that play. As a tree. Tree number five, I believe. And I only had one line in the whole damn thing. But I made the most of it. All the trees were gossiping about something, then tree number four says, You're kidding. That's when it was my time to shine. I took a big step forward, then paused for a second to soak it all in under those bright lights. For a brief moment, I had the audience in the palm of my hand. Then I enthusiastically belted out my only four lines of that entire play. Wouldn't it be great? The crowd chuckled. I felt like I was on top of the world. Totally nailed it. Stole the scene. At least in my head. So I guess the point of that little story was that uh, this episode's going to be great. But before we get into it, let's get a joke in from one of you lovely listeners. This one came along with a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Hit me up over there if you haven't already. Do it. This comes from R. Jenkins. And, well, I'm going to read the whole review. They start off by saying, Leroy is effortlessly funny and always makes sure I'm back home by bedtime. That's not entirely true. Well, the first part is obviously, but for the first time, I'm actually gonna keep you guys overnight. That's right, we're having a sleepover. Okay, now back to the joke. Where does George Washington keep his armies? In his sleeveys. You know what that sound means. Let's cruise these suburban streets as I serenade you with another tale of low-level true crime. Hope you brought a pillow and a toothbrush because tonight we're having a slumber party. Episode number 27, The Sloppy Sleepover. I remember the first time I slept overnight at a friend's place, which is strange because I don't even remember what I had for breakfast this morning. It was my friend Derek's birthday. He had just turned eight. The year was 1990. I know this because we played some road hockey at his ghetto apartment complex before going to the theater to watch a brand new movie that had just come out. You may have heard of it. It was a little film called Home Alone. I've seen this flick probably about 50 times since. Still watch it every year around Christmas time to get into the spirit. After the movie, we had some pizza, played lots of Nintendo, and then finally laid down for the night. It was a long day. I was exhausted and just wanted to get some shut-eye. Derek was a rambunctious kid, always had a lot of energy. I believe later on his parents put him on Ritalin. He kept trying to have pillow fights and was tickling me half the night and wouldn't let me fall asleep. It was terrible. But I realized three things after that long night. Sleepovers suck. Nothing beats the comfort of lying in your own bed. And I secretly kind of enjoy getting tickled. Okay. Today's episode takes place in Colleyville, which is a small U.S. city with a population of about 26,000 people. It is a part of Tarrant County and is considered to be a suburb of Fort Worth, which is the fifth largest city in Texas. That's right. We are in Texas, baby. And this is one of the safest cities we've been to, at least according to our friends at NeighborhoodScout.com. I don't know why I like saying that so much. They've given Colleyville a 77 on the crime index, meaning it's safer than 77% of cities in the U.S. of A. Not bad. They say your chances of becoming a victim of a violent crime in Texas are 1 in 239. But in Colleyville, only 1 in 5,418. Thankfully, there will be no violence today, but there will be lots of property crime. Chances of becoming a victim of property crime here are 1 in 159. However, if you were a neighbor of Tara Mani and her kids back in 2012, those chances significantly increased. So who is this Tara Moni woman anyways? Well, according to her attorney, she is, quote, a solid, hard-working wife and mother, and a great part of this community, End quote. Ah, whatever, dude, you get paid to say that. After a little sleuthing, I was able to find her on Facebook. There is truth to this statement. She is a wife, and she is a mother of four. And without giving away too much of her privacy, she works in the medical field, as does her husband, so they're doing all right. And I can also confirm she is doing positive things in the community. Hey, what do you know? Her attorney wasn't lying. Oh, I also want to share one of her Facebook posts with you from September of 2020, because it made me chuckle. She says, My husband purchased a world map and then gave me a dart and said, Throw this and wherever it lands. That's where I'm going to take you when this pandemic ends. Turns out we're spending two weeks behind the refrigerator. Guess you'll find me sitting behind the fridge going through old pics of Paris and London. Hashtag thankful. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag safe. This mom joke is right on par with the humor of this podcast. Cheesy as hell. I like your style. Alright, as much as I enjoy reading Facebook posts from 2020, that's not what we're here for. So, let's travel back to the summer of 2012. 2012. It's July 25th, and Tara's daughter is having a bunch of her friends to the house for a sleepover. (laughs) Girls just want to have fun. That's all they really want. They're 8th graders, so they probably watched a couple chick flicks, did each other's hair, had a -a 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 pillow fight, gossiped about boys. You know, typical stuff young teenage girls do, right? Sure, they may have done all that earlier on in the night, but these girls are much more badass. They want to cause some mischief in the neighborhood. And they do just that, but not till much later on, after midnight. And this isn't a spur-of-the-moment thing either. It's been planned out. We know this because Tara took her daughter and some friends over to the local Walmart earlier that night, around 10.30 p.m., where they bought 108 rolls of toilet paper, among other items. It's a lot of TP, They all pose for a picture with it, proud of their purchases. That pic and the attention drawn to it will come back later to bite Tara in the ass. Foreshadowing. Is that foreshadowing? Or maybe spoiler alert is more accurate. I'm going to focus on Tara a lot more than I probably should. She is the one in charge, but this is mainly because not much is known about the kids involved in this story. Their names aren't even mentioned in news articles, and that's to protect the young and not so innocent. And I'm cool with that. Kids mess up and do silly things all the time. It's part of growing up. No point in naming and shaming. 41-year-old Tara is being the cool mom here. She seems involved in her kids' lives, and she's on board with them, raising a little hell. Seems harmless enough, but as we all know, a little mischief can quickly get out of hand. Okay, that's enough lead-up. It's time to get down to business. The young teens grab their supplies and sneak around after midnight to do some exterior decorating to houses in the neighborhood. It is said that they targeted a few places, but we are going to focus on the one that received the majority of the damage. This was a home where another group of kids were also having a sleepover. We'll find out later what may have provoked this attack, but judging by the crude nature of the damage to the home, these kids did not like each other. We'll start off with the toilet paper. Classic. The front of the home and trees were covered in it, as you can imagine. Anyone who's ever toilet papered someone's yard knows that a couple of rolls don't go a long way takes a lot more than you would think to really get that desired effect. They had over 100 rolls, so that would have done the trick. Then they started to get creative. There were pillars at the front of the driveway, and those were slathered up with some peanut butter. They also brought over a toilet and plopped that down in the middle of the driveway. Then they brought the black permanent marker out and wrote things with it that I don't feel are appropriate to repeat on this show. Just kidding. They wrote, suck it, on the toilet. Nice. And on the side of the home, scrawled whorehouse and sluts. How rude. Someone also wrote slut in mustard on the driveway. And they didn't stop there. It gets better. Someone placed poultry in the mailbox. Chunks of raw chicken. That's Salmonella City. And then perhaps the most disgusting act of all, out came the sanitary napkins. People use that term instead of pads or tampons to sound more polite, I guess. Sanitary napkins always makes me cringe. Anyways, they dipped these feminine hygiene products in ketchup and stuck them all over the windows. (laughs) Can we just take a moment to appreciate this scene? I mean, they literally took a nice home and turned it into a dumpster within minutes. Tampons, mustard, ketchup, peanut butter, marker, vulgar words, toilet paper, and even an actual toilet. What a nightmare. The damage was estimated to be somewhere around $6,000 worth. Sounds high, but maybe they had to replace windows, hire some painters, I don't know. Home repairs add up. While they finished up their decorating, one of the vandalist kids peered over the fence into the backyard and was spotted by the girls who were chilling in the pool. They were having a pool party at this home. At this point, it's almost 2 a.m. The parents in this neighborhood sound pretty cool. Everyone's partying late, and some of these kids are only 12, 13 years old. Ah, summer nights. The kids came out of the pool and angrily followed the eighth grade hooligans down the street all the way back to Tara's house. When they arrived at the house, Tara came out and was all like, Can I help you girls? And they fired back, You can clean up the mess you just made? Tara, of course, denied doing anything and the police were called. It took a few days, but eventually Tara was arrested. Police got their hands on surveillance footage from the Walmart earlier that night. And there was some pretty damning evidence. Tara was seen posing for pictures with a three 36-packs of asswipe and a crew of eight children. She was charged with criminal mischief, which in the state of Texas is a felony. And if convicted, the penalty was pretty stiff. A max of two years in prison and a hefty $10,000 fine. She was taken into custody, and she looks pretty smug in her mugshot. Little black-rimmed glasses, and she's got her bleach-blonde hair up with a smirk on her face. Tara kind of looks like a librarian with a wild side. It didn't take her long to get out of jail, and she paid the $7,500 bond like it was nothing. Must be nice. It was only Tara who was in trouble with the law. None of the kids involved were charged, thankfully. Tara's big-shot attorney, Tom Hall, had this to say about his client, who he claimed was innocent and did nothing but have a bunch of 8th graders at the house for a sleepover. Quote, we plan on presenting a vigorous defense if this heads to trial. We have key eyewitnesses who know Tara was not a part of any criminal activity. End quote. Fair enough. Tara seems to have a pretty lax parenting style. She lets her kids get away with a lot. Same with the victims. Those 7th and 8th graders were also out and about and swimming and partying it up at 2am. This was on a Tuesday night. Sure, it was the middle of the summer, but still... Normally, if you hear a story like this, you'd go, hmm, what trailer park was this at? But this took place in a very nice neighborhood. Tara and her husband are in the medical field, and the lady who owned the house that was vandalized is a doctor. I believe Tara when she says she didn't commit the vandalism. She also has witnesses that claim she wasn't there. She was supposedly watching the kids and hanging with a couple other parents. She was definitely on board with them toilet papering houses and maybe the tampons and ketchup and peanut butter. But I just can't see her writing sluts or whorehouse on the side of a 13-year-old's home. Don't think she'd be cool with that either. I think things got out of her control, other kids who weren't at the sleepover got involved, and things just escalated that night. Kids do stupid things, especially when they get together in large groups. Tara was in and out of court a couple times. This turned into a long, drawn-out headache. She even wrote five apology letters that she tried to send to the victims. It would have been nice if they could have just settled this on their own, but there seems to be some hard feelings there. The cost of the damages were probably a lot less than all the attorney fees she had to pay, and time, and stress, and all that. But finally, on August 7th, 2014, after more than two years, they came to an agreement, and this mess was resolved. The charges against Tara were dismissed as long as she agreed to pay $1,900 in restitution and gave them an apology letter. Dr. Rochelle, the homeowning victim dropped the charges. She claimed to do this for the kids. She didn't want them to have to go through some crazy trial. They'd been through enough for something silly that happened two years ago. At this point, they're all in high school now, and I'm sure everyone just wanted to move on with their lives. Hey, want to hear the official apology letter written by Tara? Well, here it is. It's dated August 5th, 2014. Starts off. Dr. Kathy Rochelle. On August 25th, 2012... I took eight middle schoolers to Walmart to buy toilet paper in order to wrap houses in the neighborhood. They were excited to toilet paper houses in the neighborhood. Other children came down to ding-dong ditch at my house. The children at my house responded. I did not stop them from doing these things. From this, the damage escalated and your home was damaged by markers and food. The markers and food came from my house. I did some things and failed to do some things that night that I regret. Please accept this. My apology for the damages caused to your house. Restitution has been paid in full to the Tarrant County District Attorney's Office. Signed, Tara C. Moni. So, she appears to be saying that kids from Dr. Rochelle's home ding-dong ditched at her place, and the kids retaliated by messing up her home. That's how this whole thing started. Anyone not familiar with the term ding-dong ditch? It's just when you ring someone's doorbell and run away. All the cool kids used to do it. We called it Nicky Nicky Nine Doors in my neighborhood for some reason. Ding Dong Ditch sounds way cooler and makes more sense. You would think both sides would just be happy that this whole thing was over, but only two hours after the charges were dismissed, Tara just couldn't keep her mouth shut. Part of the dismissal agreement was to not make this apology letter public, but Tara got on Facebook anyway and posted an apology letter. This wasn't the official one, though. And in this one, she removes the blame from herself and her kids and puts it on some girl that wasn't even a part of the sleepover that night. She throws this mystery girl and her parents under the bus. Here's a snippet of that Facebook post, which I couldn't find, but it was reported by the Star-Telegram newspaper. Know that we exercised in this house the same discipline and rules on this evening as we have over the last half-dozen years with dozens of the children, including your own on as many events. I am sorry that in spite of every action taken, we were not able to interdict this fragile child's acts. It is my understanding that the girl's family will not be reimbursing you for damages. Let us pay that for you, with the check enclosed. We trust, hope, and fully expect that these children will grow stronger, not weaker, from their decisions, and that our future as neighbors and friends will once again hold pleasant memories. End quote. Give me a break. She should have just let it go. Guess she was trying to save face. That unofficial apology makes her sound a lot less guilty than the official one. The Star Telegram did a good job. They got a hold of another Facebook rant from Tara, and there's a couple more snippets of it here. She appears to have gone off her rocker. She thanks the many parents who helped her along the way in her effort to seek justice. She starts things off with this very wordy statement. Giants do fall. You have demonstrated that simple truth supersedes even the most adroit deceit. Uh, I'm not going to pretend I know what that means, and I'm too lazy to grab a thesaurus, so take what you want from that statement. She then goes on to say that the apology and money she ended up paying are exactly what she offered the family a few hours after this whole toilet paper fiasco occurred. She's basically blaming the victims here for this whole thing being stretched out. Not cool. They're the ones that drop the charges eventually and it's hard to blame them for calling the cops when their house had just been turned into a garbage dump overnight. Tara also mentions the mystery girl again who she's pinning all the blame on. Quote, They do not express a mantle of blame or shame. To the contrary, we stepped in and made the victim's damages whole when the child perpetrator's family refused. End quote. Tara comes out of that one smelling like roses yet again portraying herself as the hero and shifting the blame. All this nonsense from Tara almost reopened this can of worms. An email from the Tarrant County District Attorney's Office spokeswoman, Melody McDonald, had this to say, The case is still dismissed. We cannot speculate on what might happen in the future, but we are looking into the matter. It appears as though it stayed closed. I can't find any new info on this story, but my advice to Tara would be just... Shut up. It's over. Move on, girlfriend. There are a couple of takeaways from this story that may be useful in the future for you, especially for anyone who has teenagers. Keep an eye on them if you're having a bunch of kids over at your house. Don't get outnumbered and lose control because you are responsible for their safety and your own. And if you're going to cause some havoc around the neighborhood, whether it's egging houses, toilet paper in them, or, or throwing dirty tampons around, whatever you're into... Be a little more discreet when you're making your purchases. Don't go throwing high fives and taking selfies with the weapons of mass destruction at your local Walmart. Because that might come back to haunt you. And after that very important public service announcement, we are back. That's a wrap on episode number 27, The Sloppy Sleepover. Sloppy indeed. Ah, to be a shithead teenager again. It'd be great, wouldn't it? Even if just for a night. As always, I want to thank Steffi for voicing the disclaimer, the operator for providing the sweet, sweet theme music, and my boo for editing this episode. Let me check my watch here. Oh, hey, what do you know? It's listener confession time! So let's get criminal, criminal. I wanna get criminal.
4: Hey Leroy, this is Cynthia from Georgia, and I wanted to share a story with you that happened about four years ago. I was about seven months pregnant with my first son, and my husband went on a trip with his brother and like childhood friend. And they were just going to spend the weekend, like, hanging out at Lake House, chilling, drinking beer. Normal stuff you do before you have your first baby. And I'm at home by myself, and I I get a phone call from a police department, kind of in the area where my husband is at. What's weird about this call is that they... They use a name that's similar to my husband's but is not my husband's name, and they call me by my name, which is not a typical name, Cynthia, I, and they called me, like, on my phone. I just like, I don't know how you got my number, and I started asking all these questions, like, can you tell me his full name? Like, my, we're pretty straight-laced people. Like, I would have not expected my husband to get in trouble, and I just wanted to be sure that it was him. And so the operator like started to question whether or not she had actually gotten the right person, and said she was like, "Okay, well, um, uh, let me let me dial the number again, and then if it's yours, then we know we have the right person." I was like, "Okay." So I hang up. The operator, I guess, calls another person, and it rings a different phone number. So this is what we what's weird about this. This means that the person who was in jail had almost my husband's exact name, gave them a phone number that is similar to mine and gave them my name. So, so weird. I flipped out and called my husband and he didn't pick up, freaked out even more, and texted him like 40 times, was like, "You have to call me. I'm so concerned. That maybe they did actually mean to call me. He finally called me like half an hour later, and I was just like in hysterics about to drive to Columbus, Georgia with my big baby belly. That's my story. I uh, hope you found it interesting. Thanks for the show. I really love listening to it. I'm a big true crime fan, and it's super nice to have something that's not as emotionally as intense as all the other true crime shows that I listen to. Bye.
3: Thanks, Cynthia. I gotta disagree, though. This show can get pretty intense at times. Just kidding. I know what you mean. Great story. And that's another one of those times where there were some strange coincidences happening. We've had a few like that. But this one was a lot. Think of all the things that had to line up for that to even happen. And normally it would have just been an obvious wrong number, like if your husband was home at the time, but he just so happened to be in that area. Life can be crazy sometimes. Excuse me, that's illegal at gmail.com. Send me your confessionals or crime-related stories, and just like Cynthia, you too can be on the show. Before we dip out of here, I have a promo to play for you. This is for a podcast I've been binging big time lately called Military Murder. I'm seriously loving it. And the host, my new pal Margo, is the best. Really nice, cool, funny, and I'm a big fan of her storytelling style. She keeps you engaged the whole way through. And she covers stories involving people from the military, which is a different twist, and you'll hear a lot of unique stories that don't make it on most people's radar. There will be a link in the show notes. And I'll let her tell you all about it in a moment. As for myself, come meet up with me right here in another 10 days, and I'll have another story of a softcore scumbag for you. Peace. All right, take it away, Margo.
2: Hi True Crime fans, my name is Margot, and I am the host of Military Murder, a podcast that pulls back the curtain on cases that are finally getting the media attention they deserve. In 2020, we were all rocked by the disappearance of Vanessa Guillen, a soldier out of Fort Hood, Texas. Well, Military Murder is about cases just like this, murders that occur around the world at the hands of soldiers, sailors, Marines and airmen, and sometimes even veterans. Military Murder has discussed family annihilators, serial killers, and people so evil they have made it on America's most wanted list. But most of them you've never even heard of. New episodes of Military Murder are available every Monday wherever you listen to podcasts. And with over 60 episodes in the library, you will have plenty of content to binge. Now go on, subscribe, and listen to Military Murder.